This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth. It's uh, the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with uh, Mike Evans, Mark Schlereth, uh, Scott the Hub, producing the show. want to thank our presenting sponsors, Great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your workout and exercise needs. Uh, I have maintained my weight, Mike. My weight is is being maintained. I've lost about 20. I, I, I fluctuate between 20 and 25 pounds down. Probably more like 20 pounds down right now because this week hasn't been as uh, tight, if you will, as uh, my past weeks. But uh, still working out using the Sweet Sweat bands, taking them with me on the road and all the exercise supplements. Uh, for more information, check them out at SweetSweat.com. And then... The great folks over at Superbook for America's Best Bet, Jake Cornegay, going to join us a little bit later to go over our moneymaker picks. Mike, I'm still kicking your ass, um, but you are closing the gap. I'll, I'll give that to you. You are closing. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, Stop yeah. trying to be nice to me. Oh, okay. I suck. Yeah. All right? You're I need right. To, I need to bathe in my I, suckness. I feel like you're closing the gap because no, I've not. been bad, but you've just no. been just as bad as me. Exactly. So the gap has not actually closed. Yeah. It's It's still... Fairly wise. Don't, don't 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 try to pat me on the head and give me you know faint praise, please. Okay. I suck. Yeah, that's true. I suck. So it, Jay Cornegay will join us yeah. a little bit later as well. So uh, you don't have to worry about like a lot of times when you go on the road, I worry about you overeating, overindulging. Yeah. Like like last week you were in New Orleans. Oh. I worried about you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, and, and I, for good reason. I, I worried about you. I got. I, I did. I did. Uh, I did. Um, indulge right. in some of the New Orleans fare. But this week, you're going to be in Cleveland. Yeah, that's a good uh, How can you get in trouble in Cleveland? Well, yeah, like, Cleveland feels like a uh, one of them juicy burgers to me. Like, yeah, like <laughs> just a burger wrapped in cheese, melted cheese. Like, just yeah. Valveeta just squirts out when you can't bite into wrong, it. Can't go wrong with that, actually. No, <laughs> uh, you know, and fries and all that, you know, all the uh, condiments, <laughs> yeah. ketchup, mayonnaise, yeah. Yeah. you know, the whole nine yards. Dog pound type food. Oh, yeah, Exactly. People in the dog pound are fat, aren't they? Did you play? You played in the dog pound, right? The old. Dog oh yeah, pound? yeah. The mistake by the lake. Yeah, yeah I played in the old what was that like? municipal stadium. What was that like? Um, the old municipal stadium was crazy because you walk out of the dugouts, you know. Yeah. But the the locker room was tiny because it wasn't, you know, when it was built, it was so old. So there were all kinds of exposed like pipes and stuff, and literally you'd hit your head if you didn't duck down in certain areas. And the first time I ever went to the mistake by the league, it was during the preseason. So, so we didn't have like, we didn't have um, enough room, you know, for at that time eighty guys or whatever you had in camp, right? And so I'm walking around now. I'm a starter. I'm a, you know, I'm a. I mean, I'm starting for the Washington. Back then, it was a different name, but now it's the Washington Football Team. So I'm a starter, and and I take like literally three laps around the locker room, and I can't find my locker. I have no locker. 
And so Jay Bernetti was the equipment manager of the of the uh, Washington uh, of the Skins at the time, and Jay Bernetti was the head equipment manager at 19 years old of the Skins. Wow. So, yeah. So Jay is Jay's the legend. Jay's the head equipment manager of the San Francisco 49ers right now. So every time I do a San Francisco game, I get to see Jay. It's great, like great catching up. But that little weasel was our equipment manager, right? And so I, I take like three laps, and finally I'm standing in the middle of the locker room, and I'm literally almost leaning on this four by four post. I'm like Jay Bird, Jay Bird, and he looks at me, and here I am, like I'm a starter. I don't have a locker. I go, where the hell's my locker? He goes, you're standing in it. <laughs> And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, look up. And so I look up at this 4 by 4 post. There's one nail and a little tiny piece of tape that has 69 <laughs> hanging over it. He goes, you're, that's your locker. Sit down on the – and there's a little, like, the little, you know, little folding chair. That's where you're sitting. Uh, so, anyhow, that was the mistake by the lake. But, uh, you know, I love that kind of – I love that kind of stuff. I love that atmosphere. I love being part of a team. I love that kind of just getting together. Us against them. Us yeah. against the world type yeah. thing. Yeah. Touchdown Tommy Verdell was uh, their, or their running back, their tailback in Cleveland at the time. So it was just kind of a cool, it was just kind of a cool experience well, for me. Well, as you get ready to call the Browns and the and the Eagles, I I, I put Cleveland in that category of I, I think you, your NFL is always better if you got a good Cleveland team. Sure. Right? Yeah, their fans are yeah, their fans you know like, Yeah, absolutely. I'm hundred percent with you. And you know, they've done a good job. Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, has done a good job of implementing that kind of old school West Coast. We're gonna run the snot out of the ball on you. Um and the last two weeks, which is really interesting, the last two weeks it's been so the weather has been so bad. So they had a game against the Raiders, then they had a bye week, and then they had a game last week uh, against Houston. They won ten three. And 10-7. 10-7, that's what I meant. And I think they had two running backs over 100 yards in that game. I think Hunt and uh, Hunt had 100 yards plus, and so, did, uh, and so did Chubb. And so, anyhow, you go back and you watch that game. The wind was, you know, horrible, and you couldn't, you couldn't complete a pass over 10, 12 yards, and the passing game was kind of non-existent. And I keep looking, because that's the same thing that happened against the Raiders the week before now, or two weeks before they had their bye week. But the Raiders beat them. But... Like to me, you're you're developing a formula to go on the road in the playoffs and actually win a game. Steal possessions. Can we control the clock? Control the time of possession? Can we convert in third down and shorts? Second down and shorts? A second down and seven plus? Can we run the ball and make it third down and short? Can we do those things? Can we run the ball when we have to run the ball? And that's what they've done the last couple of weeks, Mike. And I mean, they pummeled. The running game in Houston, I just pummeled. I mean, it was just a physical, just mosh pit type of runs and wearing people down. And if you have that ability, when you can run in, in situations that dictate you run the ball, when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run it, the team knows you're going to run it, that to me is a recipe for playoff success. And so I, I like what they're doing right now. And if it's supposed to rain, you know, it's supposed to rain in Cleveland on Sunday. So we'll see what the weather actually looks like. But um, uh, to me, that's a that's a great recipe for for going out there and, and, and winning a game. So speaking of recipe, then it might be the kind of day that is a recipe for Eagle fans to once again complain about Carson Wentz. For good reason. And, and I mean, it's never just one thing, right? It's never just the quarterback. 
Is the quarterback struggling? Yeah, the quarterback's struggling. But I don't think the play calling is such that it's mitigating some of the quarterback's struggles. I mean, you're in shotgun 90% of the time, maybe more than 90% of the time. Um, You are one of the most static teams in football, meaning you line up in a formation and you just stay there. There is no eye candy. There is no getting a defense on their heels. Like the you know, when you motion or you you kind of you kind of shift, there's there's two different things. You shift and then you can motion, right? You can shift first from one formation to another, then you can motion out of that formation. You know what that makes a defense do, Mike? Redeclare strengths. It makes them communicate. The Eagles line up and they basically stay static. Meaning the defense can make a call and they never have to change the call. So there's no lack of communication when you're playing a defense. They're on top of everything you're doing. So that truly doesn't help. Then when you look at their receiving core, I don't know that there's one guy in their receiving core that can really run. I mean, there's not one guy, and I mean they can all run. You know what I'm saying. But I'm saying the lift the top of coverage guy, the guy that you're scared to death of, and so you always have to keep a safety over the top. When you watch the tight coverage teams play on them, they're just like, dude, you can't run by me. There's not one of you that can run by me. So when you're playing zone, Mike, and you slough off in zone and a guy tries to run, you know, the guy tries to run by you or tries to run a double move, it it doesn't scare you. So what's happening is you're eyeballing the quarterback, you're eyeballing the depth of the quarterback, like how far he drops, and you're eyeballing you're eyeballing the routes based on the depth. So you're keying through your receiver to your quarterback, and you're just jumping the snot out of routes. And so, like, because you're not threatened and you know nobody can run by you, you can play a much tighter form of coverage than you could if you still had, you know, Deshaun Jackson. So, like, that's that's happening to them. Um, and And ultimately, like, you know, you look at, like last week, for instance, Miles Sanders had over 100, no, I think he averaged over, he averaged over almost six yards a carry, Mike. And you know how many carries he got? 15. So you're doing nothing to mitigate your quarterback's issues. He, he's, he's you know, you, you run a lot of intermediate routes. There's not a lot of short routes involved. There's not a lot of quick answers for your quarterback. And when your quarterback does have a quick answer, he doesn't take it because he wants to push the ball down the football field. And, you know, I mean, like like I watched him. I, one time I, I'm watching film, I go, I don't care how many times you pat that thing, it's not going to burp. It is not a baby. Like, get the damn ball out of your hands, Carson Wentz. So there's a lot of issues on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think – I honestly don't think that Doug Peterson is really helping them from a play-calling standpoint of – Looking at their issues honestly and getting them into into better stuff to ha- to actually you know to actually kind of help them along the way. All right, so you got that game. Uh, I'll I'll probably be watching. I'll try to get catch some of your game. Mm-hmm. Very interested to watch Chiefs Raiders. Yes, because there's just it, it's it's not Ravens Steelers by any means but i i get the sense that there's something building here between the chiefs and raiders there's it's always been yeah. a great rivalry you take the raiders winning at arrowhead and then doing the bus lap and the chiefs coming out this week and not hiding the fact that they didn't really like that chiefs have had 2 weeks to prepare 
Why do I feel this is going to be just a a ass whooping by the Chiefs? Yeah, pro- probably because of of you know them giving up forty and losing to the Raiders in their game at Arrowhead. But I, I will tell you this: this you is, like the Raiders, though. I do. I, I like the Raiders' physicality. I like the way they control the ball. So I did a deep dive. We did this summer here at the radio station here in Colorado because we want to say how how do you beat the Chiefs, right? So we did a deep dive into their two their their two seasons, their total of eight losses, and what I came away with in that is. You know, everybody talks about, from general managers to coaches, like we've got to be able to score with the Chiefs. And I think that's bullshit. Really? Yeah, I think it's total bullshit. Because I think out of the eight losses coming into this year, there was only one. Like seven of them, the the, the team that beat them scored 29 or more points. Correct. And I still think it's bullshit. Okay. All right. So do you have to score? You're damn right you got to score. But if you think you're getting a track meet with Chiefs, you're going to get your ass kicked. Every one of those games, Mike, there was only one tight game. It was the Indianapolis game that was like 19 to 13 or something. Yep. Every one of those games, the team that won possessed the crap out of the ball, almost 40 to 20 in time of possession. Now, they still gave up a shit ton of points. Why? Because the Chiefs can just score. They can score in a minute and 10 seconds. So the real issue here is can you possess the ball? Some teams ran it down their throat. Some teams possess it like the Chargers with Phillip Rivers had 29 first downs, I believe, if I remember correctly, and it was all through the short passing game. But the bottom line is you've got to keep the clock moving. You've got to steal possessions. So ultimately, you know the Chiefs are going to score, and every time you get into the red zone, you're going to have to score touchdowns. And you're going to have to score a lot of points, but it's not a track meet. See, that's where everybody gets confused. Everybody talks about, we've got to have the offensive weaponry to get in a track meet with the Chiefs. You'll get your ass kicked if you try to get in a track meet with the Chiefs. You've got to keep them down to, the the normal game has eight possessions. you got to get it down, or 12 possessions, excuse me. you got to get it down to eight possessions. And then you got to hope you stop them on, on two or three of them, right? Because they're going, to score, they're going to score those points, Mike. And it's funny, I had this conversation with Kyle Shanahan last week. And it was one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had because he goes, as an offensive coordinator, he goes, I wanted to score on every play. I wanted to design an offense to score on every play. Like, I wanted to get in a track meet. It was the head coach's responsibility to, to, to call the game the way he called the game. Like, my, my call is like, hey, man, I'm going to score on every play. And then if the head coach came and said, hey, sit down, you know, buckwheat, Cub Scout, we got to slow this thing down, right? Then I would listen, but I'm trying to score on every play. As a head coach, I got to call plays to win games. And it's, and it's different. And he said, we're so depleted right now. If I try to get into a track meet with the Saints, we're going to get embarrassed. That's what he said to me, embarrassed. We've got to control the clock. We've got to control the tempo of the game. We've got to run the ball. We've got to get into third down and short. We've got to get at least two first downs on on pass interference on double moves. We've got to have our quarterback scramble for two first downs. Like, that's what we're going to have to do to win this game. Now, they executed to perfection and were winning in that game 10 nothing. And then a couple of muffed punts. They had, they had two muffed punts. They gave two short fields. They turned the ball over a couple of times in special teams, three short fields. And in those three short fields, they gave up three touchdowns. And so the point being is the Raiders have the formula 
when it comes to controlling the clock and just pounding you in the run game to really operate that way and steal some possessions. So that's why, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all, Mike, if it turns out to be just a, you know, a runaway for the Chiefs. Because if if they score right away, like if I'm the Raiders and I get the opening, I get I win the coin toss, I'm taking the ball. I want the ball, and you know what I want to do? I want to put an eight-minute drive together, just bludgeon that defense, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, chomping at the bit to get in, and finish with a score. I don't care if it's a field goal. I don't care if it's a, a touchdown. I want to. I mean, I'd rather have a touchdown, obviously. But I just want to. I just want to keep him on the sideline, chomping at the bit. Keep that offense on the sideline, chomping at the bit. I don't. I want them to have one possession. One possession in the first quarter. That's that would be my that would be my entirety of my game plan. Now, if the Raiders get behind early, if they give up a quick, easy score, they can't go toe to toe with them right. in the passing game. They right. just the, then they'll get blown out. That makes sense. That makes sense. I know you like games, so I'm going to play a really quick game here. With okay. you before we get to Jay Cornegay. Contender or pretender? We got some some good matchups involving teams squaring off against each other. I like it. Okay, contender, pretender, mm-hmm. and a contender is somebody that you believe has the chance to make it to a championship game, AFC or NFC. Okay, okay. All, right. all right. So we just did. We just talked about it. Chiefs Raiders. We know the Chiefs are a contender. What about the Raiders? Contender or pretender? Raiders are are a contender. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, Raiders are contender. Okay. They're a good football team. Okay. Packers seven and two. Colts six and three. Both contenders. Both contenders. The Colts, the one. I like the Colts. I'm starting to wonder about the Packers, though. Aaron, a a Ron. They just, or do they just play up and down to the level of their competition? Or is that maybe? No, I think I think they can. I think they can play with anybody. But when you physically punch them in the mouth, I think they get a little staggered. So, the, so, but, but, but I, they're still a contender. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers for a championship game. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. And the Colts too. The Colts, great defense. Man, you got and four teams already are all contenders. I'm not even done with this exercise. <laughs> Everybody. Titans, Ravens, both six and three. Uh, pretenders. Both of them. Both of them. Ooh, okay. I don't think they I don't I, I think the Titans I think the Titans have issues both defensively and, and offensively. I it just don't I think their passing game is average. They've shown holes in the defensive side of the ball. And then I think Ravens, until their quarterback proves that he can play um, against zone coverage and, and convert third down and seven-plus in, in those situations, I, I don't buy the Ravens. All right, finally, the Monday night game, Rams and Bucks. Rams 6-3, and three, uh, Tampa Bay 7-3. and three. I'm going to say the Rams are pretenders. I don't trust their quarterback in big game situations. I'm going to say the Bucks are contenders. And it has more to do with the potential of their defense winning games, and they've they've gotten punched a little bit here lately. But they have got so much speed, and, and I, I still I still think the Bucks are a work in progress on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them I'm gonna they haven't matched up well against New Orleans, that's for sure. But I'm gonna give them the contender status. Okay. Wow, mostly well, because I love Tom Brady. Well, I know that, and uh, the biggest surprise of this little game that you have the Raiders as a contender. Apparently, Raider Nation, all of your squabbling with Mark on Twitter is starting to uh, pay off because you're chipping away at him. Chip, 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 no, chip, chip. they're not chipping away. I, I, the only reason I love the Raiders is you know I was eleven one against their punk asses. I mean, I they were my personal whipping boys, my <laughs> personal good things. I said, come on over here and rub Papa Bear's shoulders. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well. 
Speaking of being a, a whipping boy, that's how mm-hmm. I feel right now when it comes to our picks. Oh, he, that's right. And you know who's joining us? As promised, Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, uh, America's Best Bet, joining us right now to break down our picks. And, Jay, I tell you what, we've been uh, – it's been a tough couple of weeks for both Mike and I, more Mike than me, but uh, it has not looked pretty here of late. Hey, it's it's just that type of year. The NFL is always tough, but, man, I tell you, this year is extremely tough as these teams are just – you know, they have different personalities. You never know week to week. So having a winner, winning record right now, Mark, is actually pretty impressive because it's been very, very tough. Jay, yeah. I'm always curious. I, I've, I've been in plenty of sports books on an NFL Sunday, but I've never quite experienced that, that one moment. And, and I'm curious, what is it like in a sports book when Nick Chubb decides to run out of bounds or when the Cardinals – get the Hail Mary, but then don't kick the extra point. What What's the environment like when when those moments occur? Oh, well, all the money is on the line. So you can imagine everybody on the edge of their seats. And as Chubb was going down the sideline, you can imagine all the cheers, right? Because, yes, most people were on the Browns. And then when he steps out, it was a state of shock. I mean, it was so funny because the few – that had the other side started cheering and laughing at the others. And it wasn't, it, it took a, a, a minute or so before the Brown supporters realized they, they didn't, you know, cover. And so therefore it was just a state of shock while the other side was laughing. The other one was in shock. So, and then the extra point thing. And I could tell because I remember you saw Murray on the sideline. And as soon as he goes, I go, they're not going to kick this. They're going to kneel it down. I guarantee it. And as soon as they showed him on the sideline heading back to the field, I go, yep, that's what they're going to do. And most people didn't realize that until they took the, you know, the overhead shot of the formation, which was the victory formation at that time. And, oh, the gas that we heard was just unbelievable. One of the loudest that we've heard all season long. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is when uh... – when Chubb went out of bounds, I was like, well, if you score, like there's there's no coming back from that, right? Then you go up what uh, what would have been seventeen to seventeen to seven. With less right? than a minute left. With less than a minute left. Like you're not coming back from that, but yeah, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. Okay, we'll let you go, Mike. Uh, we'll let you see if you can battle your way back into the thick of things here in our NFL picks. Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, the first uh, first one, nobody circles the buses like the Kansas City Chiefs do. Uh, I'm, I'm stealing from the uh, nobody steals the wagons for the Bills. So Kansas City still smarting from not only losing to the uh, Raiders, but also uh, this supposed victory lap that the buses took around Arrowhead. Uh, that that John Gruden was qu- very quickly trying to squash, but you could tell the, uh, the the Chiefs are using it as motivation. I like Kansas City minus seven and a half uh, against the Raiders in Las Vegas. I like Minnesota. Minnesota just seems to really be playing well right now. They they seem to have found their mojo. Uh, they get to get right back out there against a Cowboys team that uh, is is bad. And so I'll take Minnesota minus the seven and a bit of a shocker here. One thing I've noticed over the last few weeks, some of these uh, double-digit favorites are having a hard time covering. So I'm going to go with the double-digit dog this week. I'm going to go with Jacksonville plus 10 against the Steelers. What say you, Jay? 
Well, I understand about that Chiefs Raiders game because the Chiefs are certainly playing up that that tour uh, by the buses of the Raiders after their win, and, and uh, I, I heard a lot about that, especially out here uh, in in Las Vegas Raider country. Now, I mean, a lot of people are trying to downplay it, but the Chiefs are certainly playing it up. The big news is that this, this game is off the board right now because. Uh, the Raiders have seven defensive players, and I think most of them, if not all of them, are defensive starters that are in um, quarantine. Uh, they do believe that they're going to be back uh, for this game. I, I think they'll probably be reinstated on Saturday as long as they're negative. But, uh, you know, going the whole week without practice is, you know, it's going to hurt you a little bit. So I understand between that and the revenge factor, I, I agree with you. I like the Chiefs minus seven and a half. As far as the Cowboys, uh you know what's funny about that is you look at that game and the Cowboys can still win the division, you know, and that's just a sad thought. Um, they get Dalton back there. That's going to help them. This game actually opened 10. It's down to seven now. Uh, but the Vikings have been playing very well. I mean, when they got cooked back, I think they won three in a row. They're just a different team with that rushing game. Uh, however, uh, the, the Cowboys with Dalton back there, they're still somewhat competitive. You know, I'm going to take, the Cowboys and, and uh, played against the Vikings um, off that short week. And then the Jaguars, that's a tough one right there. This is a, I know this, this game here is definitely a look ahead game for the Steelers. The Steelers play the Ravens next week and, and uh, you know, on Thanksgiving. And we saw what happens when these teams start looking ahead, look past these really bad teams like the Jaguars. Uh, we saw that last week with the Packers. Uh, I think this is a really dead spot for the Steelers. I think they just go in there just hoping to, you know, get the victory. Laying 10 points on the road is quite a bit. I don't care who you are. That's uh, that's just a lot of points. So I'm with you there with the Jaguars plus 10. All right. So how many did he, he like? Two of three, right? Yeah, I didn't like my I Vikings. Like two or three. He didn't yeah. like my Vikings. That's kind of how it goes every week with you. He always likes two or three, and then you come out with one. <laughs> so that's that's kind of a. I, that, that, you know what? I can't argue. Yeah, yeah, that's I, kind I, of a. I deserve that. A weekly event for you. Well, you know, hey, what's let me ask you guys this really quick. What's your favorite holiday? What's your favorite holiday? Uh Christmas. Christmas is your favorite. Yeah. Jay, what about you? What's your favorite holiday? Oh, I, I I like Christmas just because of the the big build up between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's just not about that day, and I. I just like to enjoy the holidays. So that whole month, you know, of all the festive activities, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I would imagine you guys really like Thanksgiving as well, right? Sit around, watch football, eat some turkey. It's all good, right? That's a great holiday, sure. isn't it? Sure. And what's yeah. one of the root, the key root words of Thanksgiving? It's giving, right? And so I'm going thematic. I am giving this week because it's the holiday season, for crying out loud. And what I'm doing is giving points because this is going to work for me for the first 3-0 and pick of the uh, of the year for us in the moneymaker picks, Jay. So here I go. Uh, I know it's Jameis Winston. I know that... Uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks about Jameis. I think Jameis is going to pull exactly what we saw with Teddy Bridgewater last year from the Saints. I think Jameis is going to be great. I'll take the Saints. I'll give the four and a half. I know that the Falcons are a talented team, but I'm telling you what, depth of roster, the Saints are as talented as anybody I've watched on film this year. As a matter of fact, when you look at them offensively, they've got two tackles that are that are all pro tackles on their roster. Uh, they've got a guard and a center that can really play. They've got a running back that's an all-pro running back, a receiver that's an all-pro, and they've got a bunch of pro bowlers like uh, 
um, like Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. And I think this team is exceptionally talented on both defense and offense. So I'll give the four and a half. I'll take the Saints. And then I'm going to go opposite of you two with Jackson. I'm going head-to-head with Mike. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville won the Super Bowl last week. They took Green Bay to the very to the very brink of destruction, and they lost by three points to Green Bay. That was their Super Bowl. You know what they're doing right now? Celebrating, getting ready for Thanksgiving, and they're going to give points. I take the Steelers giving 10. The Steelers are going to go in there and crush them, and then ultimately, you know what? I don't think I've failed when I've taken, when I've picked against the Jets. And the Jets right now, the Chargers, I know they haven't won, given eight and a half to the Jets. Guess what, guys? I'm going to go crazy. This is a, a giving Palooza over here. I'm taking the Chargers and giving the eight and a half against the Jets. What say you, Jay? Well, you're right. This is the holiday season, you know, Mark, and uh, part of that is receiving. So <laughs> we'll take a lot of these points. I, I But I have to agree with you with the Saints. I, I think Jameis Winston, listen, the combination between Jason Hill and Jameis Winston is what we're probably going to see for the next few weeks uh, with the Saints. But I think Winston, with a week of practice under his belt, I mean, I think he wants to go out there and prove it. And uh, even though we know, you know, Breeze is incredible, but Winston gives them a, a little bit more of a vertical game. You know, it, I, I think it, with Winston in there, these totals are going to go up because he can either go very vertical or he can throw a pick six. <laughs> So the totals we'll see that will go up, but I don't think it's a huge drop-off. You know, I think the world of Breeze, but I think Winston certainly adds another dimension to them, and I think he has a lot to prove. So I'm with you on the Saints. You heard what I said about the Steelers and Jaguars. The biggest problem with that one is just that look-ahead game. And, you know, with the the Ravens, you know how the rivalry is between the Steelers and the, the Ravens. That's on deck. A lot of points to give on the road, so I'm sticking with that Jaguars there. And as usual, I know you bet against these Jets. Uh, I don't really blame you. You know, I mean, I, I think Flacco's in again. Uh, I know that the, a lot of Sharps are on the Jets. They always bet against the Chargers, it seems like, especially when the Chargers lay a lot of points. This is a lot of points here. Sorry, Mark. I'm going to go with the Sharps here. I'm going to take all those points in the Jets plus eight and a half. All right. I, I like that. I like you going against just only taking one for me. That means I at least win two. And uh, Mike is just going to win one again yeah, this week. Yeah, you know week. what? It's it's getting to the point where I get the dreaded Jay kiss of uh, optimism yes, every week. Yep. Which uh, maybe Jay, uh, we got to go. We got to try something different. <laughs> All right, Jay. And what, any uh, any big prop bets or something going on this weekend that uh, that you uh, that's that's piqued your fancy? Yeah, we, we'll have all our propositions up for, you know, all these uh, games that are on Thursday. Of course, we got a, a slew of them next week with all the Thanksgiving games. And, and uh, you know, the local teams, where they're, we're, you know, we're operating in Colorado. We're operating out here in Las Vegas. Obviously, we have a, a, just a, a buffet of props uh, for, for those teams, those home teams, those home markets. So nothing specific, but just a lot of things to choose from. And we're just hoping right now as – Sportsbook operators, you know, we get so many cancellations on the college side that we're still hoping and holding our breath there that we, we still have a, a good amount of games on Saturday. So we're keeping an eye on that and just kind of counting our blessings at this time as we go through some difficult times in the sporting world. Yeah, no question about that. Jay, thanks, man. We really appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet. For everybody involved in the Stinkin' Truth program, for our great presenting sponsors, the folks at Superbook, 
America's Best Bet. Also, for our folks at Sweet Sweat at SweetSweat.com. Check them out. Thank you so much for listening to the program. We'll be back with you next week.